Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well today. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our three fantasy football leagues we have available for you to join this year. We've got three different ones. The first one is more of a a standard PPR league, 12-team league. We also have a 12-team auction league. And then the exciting new type of league we are debuting is the Fantasy Football Fellowship 32 League, the FFF 32, which consists of 32 fantasy owners, each owning one NFL team's roster. Meaning, if you own the Panthers, your fantasy football team this year, only players from the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, Teddy Bridgewater, that's your team. And so you'll go up against the Bucks and, and another fantasy owner who only has the Bucks and Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Ronald Jones. So it's going to be fun and would love for you to check it out. It's unpackingit.com slash fantasy. Unpackingit.com slash fantasy. Today on the show, we will be joined by all pro punter Brett Kern from the Tennessee Titans. He has been a guest on the show before. Uh, just an awesome guy, great family man, loves the Lord, uh, has really become a you know leader in that, that Titans locker room, and he, he shares about that on the podcast today. And I also asked him about last year's team and you know the, the turnaround and how well he played and head coach Mike Vrabel and, and what makes him a great coach because Vrabel just seems like a, a cool coach to play for, a, a little bit unique. You can see his his passion on the sideline. Uh, also, at times I'll, I'll watch him and he, he's very introspective. Uh, but but he's you know a former player has played relatively recently, of course, with the Patriots and and so uh, just a, an interesting team in Tennessee with with the way that they turned things around once Ryan Tannehill took over last year. But I also asked Brett about that relationship between Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill and the unique dynamics surrounding that and so you'll hear from Brett on that topic which is really interesting and then also at the end of the interview I've got some additional thoughts on that and and some some observations that that I made uh, last season and so uh, stick around for that Uh, before we jump into the interview with Brett Kern let me ask you this do you need to get your own health insurance well go to healthmarketgenius.com it's healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Support them as they support us. Now, let's jump in. Here is Brett Kern. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. 
and joining us now is Tennessee Titans punter Brett Kern. Last season, he was selected to his third consecutive Pro Bowl. He led the league in punts placed inside the 20-yard line with 37 and was named first-team All-Pro. He entered the league in 2008 as an undrafted free agent with the Broncos after playing at Toledo but has spent almost his entire career with the Titans. He's a husband and a father of three. We're excited to have Brett back on Unpacking It. Brett, thanks for being with us. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And, and of course, you know these last few months have been uh, just crazy in, in every single way. And, and so we'll start with that, and then we'll talk some football. But, but how has the, the pandemic affected you and your family? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's been pretty crazy. You know, it's not just obviously uh, a local uh, or even something that's just happening in the United States. Obviously, this pandemic is affecting a lot of people, you know, across the globe. So, you know, we we've had our our challenges of uh, you know obviously school ending you know three months short and uh, you know try to finish out with our kids uh, homeschooling, which was a challenge, but it was also a huge blessing just to be able to spend more time with with my family and uh, you know teaching my son. Uh, you know, about the stock market and, and kind of implementing, uh, learning, you know, new things with math and science and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, just obviously adjusting to kind of the way things are being done now, uh, just kind of our new normal. And, uh, you know, I remember when, when 9-11 happened, some of the big adjustments that happened after that just across the states. And, you know, now with something like this, obviously there's going to be some adjustments to that that, um, you know, we're going to have to navigate. But, you know, this whole time, God's good. He, he's faithful. Um, none of this is a surprise to him. And, uh, you know, you just kind of take each day as it comes um, with whatever the challenges come for each day. And, uh, you know, putting putting my faith first and really just spending some, some good quality time in God's Word of um, just seeing, you know, something like this really uh, it's not new. I mean, you can go back in the Old Testament, you know, just look at everything that happened, you know, with the Israelites and, and, and the things that they had to, to go through. And uh, this is uh, this is just another kind of blip on the radar. So, you know, there, there's new things to get used to, but uh, overall, it's been it's been good. Yeah, well, I want to talk a little bit more about kind of what you've been learning and studying. But but as far as the the, the role as as dad and, and even teacher with, with homeschooling going on, what 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 have been some of the I don't know the, the challenges with that and even from a a subject standpoint science math what was your expertise and how have you been doing as a fill in uh, teacher? Yeah, I mean, thankfully, you know, kind of what I was strong at in school, you know, I've been able to help my son and my daughter. My my son's ten, my daughter's eight, and then we have a four year old, uh, which you know when you kind of throw into the mix, uh, trying to have a four-year-old kind of settle down and try to learn some stuff can be pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. So, you know, thankfully, you know, she's been, she's been doing good and kind of adjusting to kind of the, the new way of, of learning. You know, like I said, you know, to be able to teach my son and, and my daughter uh, the things that I was kind of good at in high school um, is, has been great. And then my wife, you know, she's really good in English and uh, kind of the arts, math and stuff like that. So we've kind of been able to tag team kind of the homeschool thing and, uh, it's actually, you know, it, it's worked out pretty well. So, nice. um, you know, we had to create a, a daily schedule just to kind of help them out as far as, Hey, let's try to keep this light school as much as we can. And, and just kind of have a daily schedule to kind of help them out, stay in that routine of what they would have had if they were in school. Oh, good for you. That, that, that's awesome. And, and so you're, you're teaching your 10 year old about stocks, huh? What, what does that look like? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, back, you know, in March and April when the, when the stock market was so 
uh, up and down and um, just kind of teaching him, you know, just trying to use math principles just as far as stocks and, you know, how you buy stocks and how you can gain money, lose money, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of ebbs and flows and, um, you know, how to balance a, check, a checkbook, you know, just little things that maybe he, he might not have been taught in school, but, you know, those are obviously valuable things that you need for life. He, he enjoyed it. I try to make it fun, pick some of his, you know, he loves Legos. So, you know, I told him, hey, you have this much amount in Lego stock, you know, tell me how it's doing throughout the week. And uh, so it, it's been a fun process. I love that. that that's great to, to learn the, the value of money at, at that age and, and understanding different aspects of it. So that's, that's really neat to hear. Well, when it comes to, uh, you, you mentioned some of the things you've been learning from a you know, spiritual standpoint and getting into the Word. What are some other, I guess, just you know, lessons learned or, or things that have, have popped up in your, your quiet time and, and, and now maybe even having some more downtime to uh, you know, study Scripture? And, and in, in light of that, anything in particular that, that you've been you know, reading or, or focusing in on uh, you know, the last few months? Yeah, I think, um, you know, my goal really starting about three years ago was just to, to read through the Bible uh, every year. So I'm going on, on year four of doing that. And each time, uh, you know, I've been able to go through different stories, um, you kind of pick up something new that maybe, you know, last year um, it didn't really uh, hit you the, the same way that it did, you know, this year. And obviously with the, the pandemic, you know, a, a lot seems to be, you know, kind of popping out at me. So, hmm. um, you know, I just look at the the Israelites, how they were, you know, in the desert for 40 years, you know, they, they weren't particularly uh, faithful uh, to God. They, they wanted signs and wonders. And even when God performed them, you know, they would believe for a little bit and then they'd go back to their ways. I kind of look at this pandemic as, you know, this is something that has caused me uh, and my family to just kind of slow down mm. and just to kind of reevaluate and just to see if there's anything that, that we can improve upon. And, um, you know, just to stay, just to stay faithful, just because maybe things aren't going how we thought they would. God is still, he's still faithful. He's doing everything for a reason. Mm. Um, you know, something that might not be impacting me very much might be impacting somebody else in a completely different way. Just understanding through this time of of a lot of uncertainty, you know, that God is, he, I mean, he still is faithful. And it's uh, just something that, you know, as a Christian, we can hold our, our, our heads on, you know, that, that God loves us and that, you know, he did send his son to die on the cross for us. And just because we're going through something like this, you know, we might not necessarily be on the mountaintop, but he's still with us in the valleys. You know, in Psalm, when it talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you're walking through it. You're not stuck there. Mm. It's not like you know, it's not like the psalmist said, hey, you're stuck in the valley and I don't know when you're going to get out. No, he was walking through the valley. And so right now I think we're just walking through a time where, yeah, we're not on the mountaintop, but you know what? The Lord is still with us even in the valley. Amen. Amen. Oh, that's a great word and, and encouragement and, and, and appreciate that perspective for sure. And, and, and so let's talk about, you know, having that mindset now approaching the, the upcoming football season, which, you know, a lot of uncertainty and especially for the Titans coming off such a great season, you personally coming off one of your best seasons as well. And, and now we, you know, throw in a wrench into, to kind of the, the plans and all that sort of thing. So how have you, uh, I, I guess, uh, approached th- this upcoming season? And, and I know you've been on some some calls, and, and a lot of you know conversations have been had surrounding what to do and how to do it, and all that kind of thing. So, with all that in in play, how do you feel today about things, and and, and what what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, there's obviously people that are at risk uh, with COVID. And I don't think you want to put any of those people that are at risk in a situation to put them at more risk than maybe what they'd already would be at with, with no football. You know, this kind of reminds me a lot of the lockout, you know, in 2011. Uh, we weren't sure if we we're going to play football or not with the CBA negotiations. And we went through that whole offseason really not even be able to talk to your coach. Uh, you can go to the facility. A lot of the same uh, guidelines that they have now, except, you know, this offseason, we were able to have Zoom meetings, uh, Zoom calls. You're able to talk to your teammates, uh, talk to your coaches. Um, obviously, you weren't, be able to, you weren't able to get any on the field work or go to the facility, or work out, anything like that. But still, we were able to have contact with, with our teammates and coaches. So, Oh, that's a little different than the lockout. And then, you know, the lockout, we just showed up. And I mean, literally two days of after reporting, we were in pads and you were, you know, carrying on as, as normal. So I think, you know, what's different is trying to get that acclimation period where, hey, when we report, can, let, let's kind of ease into things. Because in the lockout, there was a, a, a 44% increase in ACL tears and hamstring injuries and, and, what, and uh, stuff like that. So wow. You know, I think our biggest thing is that if we can come back, can we do it safely? And can we also acclimate into football shape rather than going from, you know, zero to 100? And let, let's kind of just ease our way into 100. So, mm. uh, you know, there's a lot of details that are being worked on, a lot of stuff going on. You know, there's guys that play that, you know, maybe their families are at risk or they have certain situations where, you know, coming to work and playing football and if they contract COVID, um, it, it might not it might not be a good thing for for them or their families. Hmm. Like I said, there's just a lot of stuff that needs to get worked out uh, between the PA and you know between the NFL, so that when we go back to work, you know we're doing it in in the safest way possible and not really. Uh, you know, putting a lot of people at risk of of um, further damage. Absolutely, and and of course the you know the, the the virus and the concerns with that, not only for the players but but who they interact with as well. But you're right as far as the the ACLs and the major injuries that come back uh, that that can happen when you come back too soon or or not kind of what you guys are used to as far as that rhythm. That's a, that's a key point, and I think maybe we as fans uh, overlook some of that or don't don't understand the 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 risk and the severity of some of those things as well. And and for you, you know, it, it's been a few years since since we've had you on the show, and and you continue to, to to just be a great punter in the NFL, and continue to to be there with the Titans and, and a key part of their franchise. And and I'm curious, how has your leadership role changed over the years, and and especially with what's going to be taking place? Hopefully, you guys are playing, and we have a season, but but with what's going on there, people are going to be looking to leaders. And and so, how how do you? view that responsibility and, and how are you, uh, I guess, embracing that heading into the, the, the year? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, um, you know, I, I've been the, the longest tenure Titan here for, um, a while and, uh, you know, one of the oldest guys in the locker room as well. And so, um, I might not necessarily be named, uh, a captain, you know, get to see on my chest, but I look at myself as a, a spiritual captain. And, mm. uh, I think, if you were to ask any of my teammates, they, they would agree with me. And so I, I feel like I've kind of taken on the role, for, you know, the past few years of, of kind of spearheading, um, you know, the spirituality of the team as far as, uh, you know, trying to get guys to Bible study and uh, really just being available to anybody that wants to talk. And so, um, you know, being able to, to lead prayer before the game to kind of share a word before the game with the guys uh, in the locker room it's been something I've been doing for a while. And it honestly might be one of my favorite parts uh, of game day. You know, mm -hmm. I, I love playing on Sundays. I love 
going out there and punting the football and, and, you know, trying to control field position and help our team win. But, you know, more importantly, you know, when I'm done with this game, whenever the Lord kind of closes the door uh, on my time of, of playing football, uh, you know, I want guys to remember me as a man of a man of faith, a guy that was uh, loyal to his wife, uh, a guy that was a great husband, uh, and a guy that put Jesus first. And that will have a, a lasting impact on guys far longer than what I do on the field because, you know, records are meant to be broken. Um, you know, I'm not going to have the records that I have now. Somebody will come along and, and beat them, and, hmm. and that's totally fine. That's, um, you know, I've done it to other guys, and guys are going to do it to me. That's just, that's just a part of sports. But uh, what you can't take away is how I treat people, how I respect people, and how I show Jesus' love to people. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. I lo- love that approach. And and when you, when you mention you know being able to share whether it's before games or or during uh, Bible study, what what is your kind of strategy uh, with that? And 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 how do you determine you know what you what you talk about? Ultimately, the the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you. I'm I'm sure. But but the the, the strategy with that to to recognize, hey, guys are different. You know, uh, parts of their journey and and. Maybe before a game, how different is the the mindset for guys? What are they looking to hear? I'm just kind of curious your your thought process with all of that. You know, one of the biggest things that I try to incorporate, you know, when when sharing scripture before a game is I, I try to keep it consistent as you know Jesus is our rock, God is our rock. You know, I think in in our business, you know, there's a lot of young guys that you know start seeing that that first paycheck, that second paycheck, and they start you know getting. Their bank account, their bank accounts uh, start growing pretty quickly and at a very young age. And I think you know our culture right now is all about how can you make yourself feel better? How what can you do for you? How can mm. I get something now? And um, none of that stuff really matters. A Ferrari will get you to Whole Foods just like uh, a Toyota Tundra will. Uh, just just understanding you know where your true happiness comes from. You know what, what, where you get your joy, the joy that cannot be robbed from you because Christ died on the cross for our sin, you know, we have the opportunity to have a relationship with him, you know, to spend eternity in heaven. And so trying to incorporate all that, knowing that, hey, this is what the world wants, you know, what what scripture says is, is something totally different. And so I just try to just try to kind of keep telling the guys that, hey, look, you know, God is our rock. He is our refuge. If we put him first, if we obey his commands, uh, if we're living for him, that will give you happiness and that will give you joy just trying to, to stay with that message. Um, Cause I think a lot of guys, you know, they might come before they want to hear a word so that they can play well and understanding, look, you know, I, I I've had bad games, you know, I've had bad punts. I've had bad mm. punts in really important situations. And, but that doesn't define me. Mm. Um, like I said earlier, like, but, you know, the Lord knows what kind of game I'm going to have. He already knows how long I'm going to play. Um, he knows where I'm going to play. And so having peace in that, just trying to just trying to really encourage the guys how important that is. So, Amen. Oh, that's awesome. I, I appreciate uh, your your heart and and willingness to do that and, and to to stand on uh, Jesus as the rock and, and be able to do that. So uh, so that's 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 awesome to hear. And and I really in watching the the Titans last year and even seeing you know the, that faith uh, shine through. One of the the pictures that I saw was. A prayer circle after the game. There, Marcus Mariota was with his hand on Ryan Tannehill, and of course, Ryan ends up becoming the the starter and and replaces Mariota. Yet there, they both were in the prayer circle together, and I know that jumped out to me. And 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 for you, having you know been a part of that, not that you have to share all the 
you know, the, the inner workings or details, but, but maybe just something about that relationship and what you saw with those two guys with, you know, it's tough. Somebody takes your job. It's always a tricky thing. What, what did you see in, in regards to those two and, and that, that position on the team? Yeah. I mean, I got, I got the utmost respect for, for both those guys. And, um, you know, just to kind of see, you know, Marcus, I mean, his locker was next to mine. So we've, we've had a bunch of conversations and, um, you know, through the good times, through the, through the great games, through the not so great games for, you know, when he was injured and uh, maybe things weren't really feel like going his way. Uh, but, you know, I, I told him, I said, man, look, you know, the Lord can close doors and the Lord, the Lord can open doors and, um, you know, just trying to encourage him through the process. And Marcus is such a great guy. I, I think that's a true testament to his character that, you know, when things might not have been going the way that he thought he should for himself, he's a bigger man to, to help Ryan out and to be there for Ryan and to encourage Ryan. Um, and that's just, that's a true testament of, of, of Marcus and, uh, you know, his relationship with Jesus, just because, you know, I don't think a lot of guys would do that. I think a lot of guys would, would be upset, uh, would be frustrated. I know he was, but, but just how he, and, uh, he and Ryan, the relationship, uh, was just, uh, he, he was being the bigger man in the situation. You know, I, I applaud him for that. You know, I try to encourage him that, you know, hey, look, your time in Tennessee, you know, might be done. And that's okay because I know the Lord has something different for you, uh, a new experience for you. Uh, take what you've learned as your time as a Titans quarterback and wherever you go next, you can take those experiences. And who knows, you might be helping somebody out uh, that's younger than you that might be going through the same situation. So, you know, it was, uh, I love Marcus to death. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that he's not here, but I know that when, you know, him being in Vegas, that uh, he's going to be a great, uh, locker room presence and just a great guy to be around. Uh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just love love that story. I actually wrote a devotional about that picture and what I saw from that uh, last fall. So so uh, thanks for, for sharing a little bit about that. Again, just a, a great story all around there. Um, and now Mark is having an opportunity with the with the Raiders. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And, and Derek Carr, another great guy uh, out there with, with the Raiders. So but last year for the the Titans, Man, what a what a turnaround of a season and and a great run toward the end of the year and into the playoffs and and you had such a, a great season personally. What was there a a reason that that last year was was so strong for you or was it just one of those years where I mean because you end up making the All Pro team where you just got more recognition for work that you have have been doing over over the years? What was maybe different different from your perspective last year? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I just try to take each game as it comes. Um, you know, the, the years prior, um, I was, I was so focused and so worried about my stats. Um, cause you know, one of my goals, uh, was to try to get to a pro bowl and try to be all pro. And, uh, I was just viewing it the wrong way. I, I, I thought that I had to lead the league, uh, in every category. And sometimes when you go into a game thinking, Hey, hey, you know what? This guy over in Green Bay, uh, he's leading the league in growth. And if I average over 50 in this game, I'll go ahead of him. But mm-hmm. as football comes, you might not have the opportunity to average over 50. And so all of a sudden you start putting more stress, more pressure on yourself in a certain situations to go out there and, you know what? I Hey, to get to 50, I got to hit this thing 65 yards, you know, to get my average up. And in 2017, uh, the year I made my first Pro Bowl, um, it was year 10 for me. And that year, I was just like, you know what? I can't play football like this. I can't. I can't put myself. You know, there's already enough pressure on Sunday to perform. I'm adding so much pressure to myself to perform. And so, let's just 
let's just kind of strip all that down. I didn't look at stats until we actually voted for Pro Bowl, which mm. I think is week 13 or 14. Uh, I didn't look at stats. I just took each game as it comes. I didn't. I wasn't worried about anybody else, what they were doing in their stats. And I was just focused on, you know what, let's just go out, have a good game, let's be consistent. If that means averaging 40 yards, but all, all four punts were inside the 20 and, and you set up great field position for the team and you won the game, then, hey, that's great. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when I switched that mindset around to just really taking it game by game, uh, each punt as it comes, and uh, really just you know trying to have a little bit more fun with it, you know, I kind of start seeing different results. Wow, that, that's fascinating. So, uh, yeah, th- I think there's a great parallel there for, for life and for all of us to, uh, to hear that. So uh, <laughs> appreciate that. And, and then from a, a team perspective, I think you know the, the way you guys ended last year was so strong, and then being able to bring you know most guys back and, and being able to re-sign Tannehill and, and Henry and and you of course are are, are back. So with, with you know I guess some of the uncertainty aside with with everything going on with the upcoming season, just as far as the team and football goes, how excited are are you and the other guys to to kind of run it back and, and get back out there? Yeah, I mean I mean we're excited you know, to be able to, to kind of bring back your nucleus, uh, your core, uh, you know, to get Derek back, to get Ryan back. Um, you know, some guys, AJ Brown had a great year last year. So yeah. for him to be able to come back, kind of build upon that, um, you know, we have a lot of guys coming back and kind of compared to other teams where, you know, you know, Tom Brady's going to Tampa Bay. And so the importance of getting that off the field work, uh, the, you know, those reps and training camp, you know, the timing, even, you know, I know we don't have any preseason games, but you know, those are, those are pretty important for, for a lot of guys, even from the top of the roster, all the way down to the bottom that are, you know, guys that are trying to make the team. And so to be able to have a lot of guys back to have our offensive corner, Art Smith back, it's, it's huge. It's huge for, for terminology. You know, a lot of guys uh, are, are, they know the terminology, they're on the same page, you know, trying to pick up where we left off uh, from last year. And, and of course, head coach Mike Vrabel is back, and, and he's been there since 2018. And he, he seems like, a from just from the outside looking in, seems like a, a fun coach to, to play for. And, and, and since you've been in Tennessee for so long, you've had multiple coaches. What, what's different about Coach Vrabel, and, and, and what, what has he brought to the Titans and, and, and really, uh, I think, provided a spark? How has he been able to do that? Yeah, I think, you know, especially for him, uh, you know, it's a former player. You have a lot of respect for a guy that played in the league for as long as he did uh, and was very successful. So obviously, you know, you know, when he comes in, you know, he's won Super Bowls. He knows what it takes to win a Super Bowl. And so uh, I think the first year, you know, obviously having a new coach, uh, I think he's trying to feel out players. You're trying to feel out him, you know, his coaching style, uh, what what his expectations are. Uh, all of that, and I think that's usually the, that that's well, that's the hardest part of you know having a a new coach come in, just trying to figure all that stuff out. And so, um, I think once guys got comfortable with that, got comfortable with uh, his expectations, how he coaches, what he uh, demands of you uh, as a player on and off the field. Um, I mean, he's a great coach. Um, he's somebody that communicates what he wants, what he expects, and if you're not um, you know, playing up to what he thinks is your potential, uh, he's going to let you know, and he's then going to take the time to coach you uh, and spend time with you to get you to where he thinks you can be as a player. Mm-hmm. So he's one of the guys, I'm sure you've seen pictures of him, you know, he's out there in practice. Sometimes he'll put cleats on and he's out there, you know, banging around with the offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, like usually when you're done with football, you kind of 
chill out a little bit, but you know, he's, I mean, he's right in there with practice, you know, coaching guys want to, he'll, he'll grab a guy, he'll pull him aside and just start teaching him. Hmm. And, and so you have a lot of respect for that. His, his, one of his big things is if you respect the team, uh, and you're willing to do anything for the team. He's like, I'm going to respect you right back. So, um, very, very clear and upfront with what he, with what he likes, what he, what he wants, and uh, how we can be a, a great football team. Yeah, he seems like a, a unique coach, not not kind of your run of the mill NFL coach. So, I, it's it's been fun to see him uh, develop these last couple of years, and uh, and and to see the early success in, in his short time in Tennessee. So. Uh, hopefully that that continues for you guys and 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 Brett appreciate you coming back on the show today and 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 final thought as we wrap things up this was a few months ago back at the the Pro Bowl but saw some video of your son I guess his name is Bryce uh, he was interviewing yeah which is awesome interviewing some of the players at the Pro Bowl it seems like he's got a fun personality and was a, a natural on camera what what did you think of that and 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 were you surprised at how uh I don't know. Easy. He took. He took to the the camera. Yeah, <laughs> that's been uh, it's been a heck of an experience for him. You know, to be able to go down there, uh, you know, three years in a row. And you know, the first year I went down, it was kind of like, hey, you know, what do I do uh, with him? I'm not sure kind of what it, what it is. Do I bring him to certain things? Do I not? Do I bring him to practice? And then Drew Brees was down there with with his boys, and man, they were in the locker room. They were playing tackle football. Oh. They were just doing all kinds of things. And I said, you know what, Bryce, you're you're coming with me. So. Uh, he started to tag along and, uh, you know, the first year. And then obviously by this year, he was, you know, obviously uh, on the mic interviewing guys. So <laughs> uh, thank, thankfully, uh, uh, the Titans media staff has been gracious enough to um, allow him to practice, I guess you could say, during training camp with, with certain guys and, nice. you know, kind of practice interviews and do a couple of videos with the Titans. And uh, so I think, uh, you know, with more practice, uh, kind of honing the skills a little bit. Um, who knows what uh, what that will be uh, down the line for him? There you go. Just give Bryce a mic. That's what I say. That's uh, that's right. That's awesome. That's, yeah, it works out pretty well. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Brett, man, enjoy the, uh, the I guess the rest of the summer at home with the family, and and not exactly sure when all the all the returning to uh, action will take place. But but I'm as a fan, I'm sure excited and hopeful that uh that we'll have a season but uh but wish you the best and uh thanks for taking the time to join us here on unpacking it thanks bryce i appreciate it intriguing guests and inspiring conversations this is unpacking it with bryce johnson And we're back in the Unpacking It studios to unpack the conversation we just had with Brett Kern, and he was awesome. Really deep faith, lots of good wisdom and insight uh, that he shared with us today, and, and just appreciate his view on on life and, and in the locker room and family life and uh, just a, a great guy. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, but what I want to actually unpack right now is something that really stood out to me last year. And, and you heard Brett talk about it with Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill because we, we know in sports, guys take each other's jobs. Like, that's the whole point. Like, you're battling for a roster spot, then you're battling to be the starter. You continue to battle for a, you know, a, a a career to continue to play year in year out so so always fighting for a roster spot sometimes you have to you know go to a new team and when you do then 
you beat the guy out and he loses his job. You get a job and he loses his job. And so it's always taking place. And and, and with the quarterback position always in the spotlight and, and someone like Marcus Mariota, who was drafted to be the franchise quarterback in Tennessee, and then, you know, number two overall and, you know, big, big name player coming out of, of Oregon. And then he showed glimpses early in his career, but it just never worked out in, in Tennessee. Some injuries and different scenarios, it just didn't work out. So now he finds himself in Las Vegas. And then Ryan Tannehill, someone who was drafted in Miami to be the guy, he then you know doesn't work out, injuries. He goes to Tennessee and ends up taking Marcus Mariota's job. And so, and now Marcus Mariota goes to Las Vegas to try to take Derek Carr's job. Uh, so it's just, it's just, it's very fascinating. But here's what stood out to me. So th- there's a picture, and you can go to our website, unpackingit.com, and and search. Uh, I guess if you search Marcus Mariota, it'll pop up. But it's a picture of a prayer circle following a game last year, and it looks like it was between the Ravens and the Titans. And everyone's gathered, uh, the guys that are praying gathered at midfield and Ryan Tannehill's in the circle and then behind him is Marcus Mariota with his hand on Ryan Tannehill in the prayer circle now you might think ah you know no big deal no that's a big deal to me that that now he could have gone any teammate and it would have been fine put his hand on any teammate but instead he chose to put his hand on Ryan Tannehill and to me what that represented is he wasn't going to allow jealousy, bitterness, to, to go in between his relationship with Ryan Tannehill, his role as a teammate, and, and you know, based on his faith, his you know, continuing to uh, you know, be a man of God. And, and so I appreciate that, and, and I find that it's very difficult to you know, love someone that, that took something from you, that, that, that took a job from you, that, that got the promotion instead of you. Uh, it's easy to get you know jealous of even other people that are experiencing something that you want to experience, that you'd rather experience, uh, that, that you're waiting for, or uh, maybe you were in a good spot and then you found yourself in a tough spot and you wish you were back in that good spot because you're watching the guy down the street uh, you know, succeeding. And, and and there he was with his hand on on his shoulder and to me a, a picture you know a thousand words type of thing and so that was awesome but but here are the verses that I used for that devotional and, and encourage you to, to go check it out but in Proverbs fourteen thirty it says a heart at peace gives life to the body but envy rots the bones so we don't want to live with envy we just don't want to uh, sometimes we do we choose envy we choose bitterness but it really eats away at us. And, and then in Job 5, 2, it says, Surely resentment destroys the fool, and jealousy kills the simple. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. It eats us alive, and it kills us from the inside out. And, and then uh, there's a, uh, let's see, in, in the book that I, I read last year, it's called The True Measure of a Man. Uh, he, he shares the wisdom from R.C. Sproul, where he says, uh, One sure indicator that reveals a person who is truly content with his life is when this person sees his friends and peers doing well and prospering, and he rejoices with them. He is happy for them. On the other hand, when he sees them struggle and go through difficult times, he feels their pain and has great compassion for them. 
he hurts for them. So what a beautiful picture of friendship and doing life together through the ups and the downs and not letting bitterness and, and envy take over. And, and so uh, just a, an illustration that we can see in the NFL and, and glad to hear Brett's comments on that. Uh, it, it was neat as well. So uh, hopefully that's an encouragement to you and hopefully you were inspired by our conversation today with Tennessee Titans punter Brett Kern. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Be sure to check out unpackingit.com slash fantasy. And if you have any thoughts on today's podcast, you can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Always love to hear from you. And continue sharing, rating, reviewing the podcast, and and let other sports fans know uh, about Unpacking It. And, And hopefully it can be an encouragement to them as well. As always, I wrap up the show letting you know that I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.